Hi everyone, I'm Alex. I'm Maggie. And this is Socially Cause. The podcast for all things geek, nerd, TV, film and marriage. So, today we're going to be revisiting mm-hmm. uh, a bit of an old topic for the first time in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, we finally got around to doing what we said we were going to mm-hmm. do. Um, you may remember a few episodes, well, in season one, uh, we did uh, a podcast about the yep. Orville and Star Trek Discovery. Based on the trailers. Yes. Um, so they were both, uh, at the time, they were both newly announced TV shows, uh, both within kind of the same realm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, vastly different directors mm-hmm. and writers and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we said we'd, we'd, we'd give them a chance um, and, and we'd come back and review them. Yeah, but our prediction, based on the trailers, was that we would probably enjoy the Orville more than yeah. Star Trek Discovery because we found the trailer to seem more like a Star Trek show yeah. with the Orville than with Star Trek Discovery. If that doesn't make sense, just go back and listen to the episode. Yeah, it makes more sense. Uh, self-promo. <laughs> listen to us. Um, oh, by the way, before we start, sorry, I just remember what we were going to say, which is mm. that I have a cold, so... Apologies if my voice is extra high-pitched or if I swallow my words a little more, it's because my nose is plugged. Just straight up awful. Yeah. <laughs> so if I start coughing, sorry. But yep, you'll be all right. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so we thought we'd revisit it now that we've actually had the chance to watch The Orville um, and we've had the chance to watch, admittedly, only two, three, three episodes of Discovery. Um, but we'll get to why that is later on and things like that. But um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll revisit and mm-hmm. you know we'll actually follow up on something we said we do, which is come back and review it. So do you wanna? We'll start off with the Orville, then we'll mm-hmm. do Discovery, and then we'll pitch them off against each other. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so take us away, Maggie. So the Orville, and I am not very good ex- at explaining plots, so apologies. I usually go off on a tangent, but <laughs> the Or, as demonstrated right now, yeah, the Orville. Go. Good start. Yeah, great start. Um, The Orville is about a ship called the Orville. Surprise, surprise. What? Very Star Um, Trek. I know, I know. And it's um, written... Is it written by Seth MacFarlane or just produced? Both. Both. Produced, written and directed. Mm. No, not directed. Not directed. Um, No, not directed. Yeah. So um, it's about this ragtag band of people on... (laughs) What? Ragtag. Yes. It's not serenity. <laughs> well, but the captain is someone who has, in the year before that, been a little bit more erratic and a little bit less Starfleet-y. If we'll we'll try and do way. this whole thing without spoilers, yes. but we'll say marriage troubles. Because yes. I'm pretty sure most of it was given away in like the, yeah, the trailer. Yeah. So. Basically, yeah. I'm pretty sure in the trailer it does say what happened. Yeah. But marriage troubles means that he went off the rails a little bit, but he's given a command because they just need to have a captain because they have 3,000 ships. They can't be that selective. Which, um, anyway, no, go on. I'll, but, I'll, yeah. I'll circle um, back to that. And he brings along his best friend who's a pilot who also hasn't got a great past, but he's a great pilot. So he brings yeah. him on and he goes on and there's uh, different races there. The head of security is a 23-year-old girl, but she's stronger than everybody else because her planet has different gravitational pull. And they just go out and they explore world the universe think and think uh star trek the next generation, next generation. yeah um, so they're, they're in charge it's a signed ship it's yeah. not a warship yeah so they're in charge of like supply running yeah. and like, general yeah. exploration and 
he's waiting for a first officer, and then the first officer arrives, and it's the ex-wife. Ta-da. Which obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, but it kind of follows their story. It kind of goes into some of those um, parts that Star Trek never talks about. Like, for example, like one of them is having a conversation with the other, and the other one's like, oh, by the way, I was just on my way to the toilet, so can I go now? And it's got a lot of hum- hum- humorous moments. Jesus, I can't speak. A lot of humorous moments, but a lot of serious moments. It's a really good marriage of the two. Mm. It's got a load of really good directors behind it. So the first episode was John Favreau, whom we love. He can do no wrong in our minds. Just no wrong. Um, It's had Robert Duncan McNeil on it, who played Tom Paris in Voyager. It had Jonathan Frakes, who was William Riker in TNG. So a stellar, stellar array of directors yeah every episode's directed by someone new um and from what we can tell they're all because the last like four episodes were all directed by brannon breger who directed i think a lot of voyager oh that's right and a few of next generation as well i think i think so um but yeah he gets a lot of different directors in, and they're typically all people who have been involved in in star trek in in the past which is amazing yeah um uh, so yeah. so overall just a, a fun show about like these different things that they get into while doing a science yeah. ship's duty in the i think what do they call it the fed it's not the federation it's not the Federation. no it's it's uh, i can't, I can't remember, remember what, what they called. call it anyway Google but it. yes so um so that's the orville yeah um okay yeah um so oh god that means i have to do discovery sorry <laughs> So, Discovery was the new Star Trek, uh, Star Trek TV show. Um, I honest to God can't remember who was doing the directing or the writing or anything for it, but um, we looked it up and it was somebody who we thought was going to be crap. Then the new Star Trek films, yes, he, they were the writers on it, something yeah. like that. Apologies, go back and check out the. This isn't a plug. No. Um, you can go back and check out the previous podcast. It'll have all the information on there, like that. Um, but it takes place in between Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm. which was about humanity's first, first. steps mm-hmm. towards becoming the Federation. This mm-hmm. is after they become like spacefaring to yeah. a certain extent, and they've been contacted by the Vulcans, who are helping them a lot, helping kind of drag us into yeah. the future. Um, so that was Enterprise, and all the challenges that we faced with that, um, and. It comes before original, original series, series. Um, which is obviously what Star Trek is most famous for. Um, so this is when the Federation is formed. It's there. It's still in its early days, and it's got a lot of the universe to explore, but it's there. Um, so Discovery fits in between those two things, um, and it takes place over the sort of Klingon human war mm-hmm. storyline. Um, so humans don't know much about Klingons at this point. They, they only know for certain that they're an incredibly aggressive and warlike race. Um, from context, I gather they've been kind of mia for a good for few years like no one's years. yeah no one's really everyone's like oh klingons i can't be klingons they're extinct mm-hmm. um and then they re-emerge and just start attacking the federation because that's something to do with the prophecy i'll be honest i didn't pay that much attention <laughs> um yeah so, they were trying to unite behind Kalos and yeah yeah be the warrior race that they were meant to be and yeah all that and they cool. were there's 24 different families yeah. and there was one guy who was trying to unite all the families he believes he is the personal re-embodiment of Kalos to a certain yeah. extent. Um, like so his he's like a prophet, like yeah, a... type of thing. Um, so, yeah, he's trying to unite all the Klingon families. And, it, yeah, we'll get to the actual and review the, later. But uh, The girl yeah. who's basically the main character is a human who was sent to Vulcan 
to be the first human to attend the Vulcan Academy. And uh, yeah, pretty much. It's just right. So that's the description yes, of what we'll, we know. We'll do the review next. And actually, then this girl who um, basically gets court-martialed. We yeah. won't say what for, but she gets court-martialed. She's in prison, um, and while on a prison transport, she gets aboard the Discovery, which has a lot of her old um, shipmates on there. And she finds out that they're creating some sort of bioweapon something. And she doesn't know what. They're doing some science experiments. Nobody knows what. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's a way to... Uh, they're, they're trying oh, to the invent a thing. new travel. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so Using basically, she gets spoils. onto the discovery. This is what happens, um, and that—that's where we kind of got to. So yeah, we know that's, that's we the basic off. premise: is the discovery is kind of trying to avoid a lot of people because they're working on something that's probably Super not secret. Starfleet. Maybe Starfleet approved, but I don't think necessarily Starfleet endorsed. No, it almost yeah, seems like yeah, they're yeah. a little bit of an outcast. Plausible ship. deniability kind of exactly. thing. Yeah, where, so yeah. yeah, so that's where we kind of ended it. So I guess now to get into the what we think and why we ended Star Trek Discovery so early. So do you want to talk about the Orville and why we love it? Sure, it's Since fantastic. You had to talk about the Discovery. It's fantastic. I mean, I really, I really do love Seth MacFarlane. Um, like I said, we I, we talked about a lot of this stuff in the first podcast, so feel free to go check that out. Um, but yeah, I love Seth MacFarlane. Um, I I don't particularly like Family Guy lately, um, and the less said about Ted and oh. a million ways to die in the West, the better. He hasn't <laughs> been able to pull off a serious thing no, yet. No, let's call it that. Yeah, um, and. Because of that, we we discovered a really interesting thing where there's a massive rift massive. between professional critics and everyone else. Yeah. So yeah. professional critics absolutely hate the Orville. Mm-hmm. It's got, if you look on you know Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. uh, IMDb for like critic reviews, they're super super I mean, low. Rotten Tomatoes is twenty one percent. Yeah, um, but then if you look at the user reviews and the, and the watcher reviews, they are so they're like eighty ninety percent, nine out of ten, eight out of ten, things like that. Um, and I, I think it's just because critics hate Seth MacFarlane because of what happened with Family Guy and America Dad, and then he tried it to break out of that with Ted and Ted Two and A Million Ways to Die, and it failed horrendously because it just wasn't funny. Um, but with the Orville, he's kind of changed. It's mm. not his typical. Some of it is his typical humor, but not to such an extreme extent. It's mm-hmm. not just all toilet humor and racist jokes mm-hmm. and things like that there are elements of that but they're really kind of subtly weaved into other jokes yeah. it's not just all comedy all the time the yeah. first episode uh, that the trailer was based on is a lot of comedy and a yeah. lot of satire and things like that to kind of kickstart the show um, but we found after that it tends to get a little bit more serious yeah. with more hints of like unexpected comedy yeah. in the background i would almost equate it to like scrubs yeah, or Brooklyn like Nine Nine, you were saying. Or Brooklyn Nine Nine, actually, yeah. That it's actually got a lot of the seriousness of the topic, but it's got those humorous twists. Yeah, it's like twists. real life undercut by real yeah. life reactions. How pe- you know, because you watch Star Trek, you can watch any of them Voyager, um, Next Generation, Original Series, DS9, whatever. Um, Obviously, a lot of the time you're watching it and thinking, they wouldn't react that way. Come on now. And then the Orville kind of approaches that and says, no, this is seriously what might happen. Like, there's this amazing scene just out of nowhere where 
Mercer, who is Seth MacFarlane's character, who's the captain of the ship, uh, and this first officer, um, what's her name? Kelly Grayson. Kelly Grayson, yes, uh, Kelly. Uh, they're in. They're, they get into like an elevator, it's like a turbo lift. They get into it and they're having this argument. And then they get a few decks up or down or whatever. And then this other random crew member just kind of comes into the elevator. There's just this really tense, awkward atmosphere. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, this crew member's like, you know, these, these elevators could really use some music. And then it happens again. Like yeah. a few minutes later, they get into the elevator and have this really intense argument. And that same crew member steps in and he mentions the, the music again. And Mercer's just like, you know what? You, that's your project. You can take care of the music for the elevators. And, and then, then they just disappear. And then it happens a third time where they get into an elevator and the crew member's already there and there's music playing in yeah. the elevator. And then, and and, then and, they're just like, do you just ride the elevators all day? Is like, this your job just to ride the elevator? <laughs> anyway, that's just one example. But it's it's like, it's just, under, it's real, it's, it's this fantasy sci-fi, quote-unquote, real world undercut by real life and how they'd react yeah. to certain situations. Like, in the first episode, is it the first episode with the time manipulation yeah. thing? So, you know, they it, no spoilers or anything. They go to this planet uh, where there's like this human, quote-unquote, federation science colony. Uh, and they've basically discovered a way to accelerate time in like a concentrated mm. field. Um so they do it on a banana. This is like healthy, fresh banana. They zap it with this ray, then it becomes this moldy, horrible, rotten pile of stuff. And he's like, great, so we found out a way to kill bananas then. And then it's like, yeah, that, I mean, it would be fascinating, but at the same time, we'd be so spoiled by technology at that point. We'd be like, yeah, this yeah. is cool, but is that like all I can do? And then they have like this exchange with Kelly Grayson where it's like, does it work on oranges? How about like Yeah, what, what about like, salads? Yeah. And it's just, that's Seth MacFarlane's stupid humor. It and is. obviously he can he gets a lot of backfire for that. He gets a lot of criticism for that. Um, but it works really well. And that's just the first episode. And then after that, it tends to get more serious. And then it, it, he stops it from getting too serious and too intense with these just random moments of, of humor. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's just funny. You'd be watching it and you'd be so invested in the story and the characters and what's going on. You'd be like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden there'll just be this joke thrown and you'd be yeah. like, right, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but it's. I think it's, it, like you say, it is a good mixture of that. Yeah. I think it's got enough serious with bits of humor and I think that's what a lot of the articles that I've read have said mm. why critics hate it. Mm. Because it was originally advertised as a parody of Star Trek. It's actually more of an homage. Yeah, like, it's so really, like the original kind yeah, of like, next generation original series. Yeah, like uh, they have said that it's more like a love story by a fan to mm. Star Trek. Like it genuinely is like an ode to Star Trek. Which with Seth MacFarlane is a, a self-professed yeah. Star Trek nerd. It's, I think uh, what it has suffered from is being falsely advertised as being a parody. Yeah. If it had been advertised as... Well, because people expect a Galaxy Quest. Is it on Fox? Yes. I See, think. that's what Fox has a tendency to do, though. They advertise yeah. things wrong and just to boost their ratings yeah. and interest in it, and then they completely mess it up. Yeah. And, you know, like, somebody said that they expect a Galaxy Quest, but yeah. it's not really Galaxy Quest because yeah. it's not all humor. It's not all just ridiculousness. It's yeah. Like, some seriousness with a little bit of ridiculousness. And I think it works. And, you know, some people have even pointed out that really it is an homage to the original series. Because mm. back then, they had to merge those two because there were only four channels on TV. Yeah. So they had to have shows that could fulfill a lot of audiences. And that's what 
the Orville's humor doing. and horror yeah. and drama yeah. and sci-fi and fantasy yeah. and yeah and it's doing that and it to be fair i love it and i think it genuinely does do a good job to Star Trek, like obviously, it's got a bit of Seth MacFarlane in it, but yeah. I think he's restraining himself. He really and is. I think he's genuinely. I, I don't even think it's restraint. I think he has just developed, and yeah. he he knows that you know that he can do better, and he can yeah. have a better type of writing, and he is capable of doing slightly more serious stuff, which he has proven yeah. for me with the Orville. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. I yeah. strongly recommend yeah. everyone in the world watches the Orville because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Give take the first episode with a pinch of salt. Yeah. The first episode is more typically Seth MacFarlane mm-hmm. than the ones that come after it, mm-hmm. and I think that was just to get a bit of interest in it, to get the trailer out there and all that kind of stuff. But then after, like we were, we got halfway through the second episode, and we were yeah. like, actually, this is quite deep. Like this, yeah. a lot of the episodes, like the original, all the original Star Trek TV shows did, actually addressed real world mm-hmm. issues. Um, there's a uh, uh, Again, no spoilers intended or anything like that, but there's there's an episode where there's this species that is only male mm-hmm. uh, and they reprodu- they lay eggs and things like that. And one of the crew members on the Orville is, um, I don't remember what this species was called, oh, yeah. um, but his husband uh, sort of lives on the ship with them and they have a kid and, and it's born female. Mm. Um, so there's this huge moral dilemma where every human on the, because typically what they do in that situation is they take it back to their home world and have it, have the female changed into a male um, to keep that, you know, to keep that culture going. Uh, and there's this moment on the ship where every human crew member is like, you can't do that. That's mm. horrendously wrong. Mm. But obviously to this culture, it's not, it's just mm. everyday life. And you know, the original Star Trek did that as well, mm-hmm. where time and time again, it was usually, uh, often it was like Picard. Mm. It was the captains, you know, it, it was Picard and Janeway who were like, I know we have these beliefs, but mm-hmm. we can't force them on this other. Yeah. That's not what we're about. That's yeah. what the prime directive's about. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and that episode's really good. And then it just, it carries on with that kind of thing. But see, for example, that episode is heavily um, divisive. So mm. a lot of people have said that Seth MacFarlane, once again, Dodged didn't, the issue, yeah. Yeah, didn't go into the issue the right way. And I kind of see what they mean with mm. that. Like they basically just went on and on about trying to prove that women are stronger than yeah. men when they should have just been proving that maybe it's about the choice thing, not about the female male thing. Yeah. So there is a I don't think you can take it too that. seriously in yeah. that aspect. He addressed this problem that everyone knows exists. It's a you know, a very meta thing. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see that he went into that kind of style of topic where it was actually quite serious and yeah. he's trying to deal with it. I but, think he might have blundered a little bit, yeah. but not heavily. No. Like, I mean, we're, that's just one example. I, I mean, we're up to, what, episode 10 now, season yeah. one? And I haven't been disappointed by an episode no, so far. They've all been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a very quick review. We might very do one a bit quick. further down the line. Yeah, it was like a very quick 10-minute review out of a 30-minute episode. So... Star Trek Discovery. I want the Star Trek Discovery. So, we have not... We have That's not your watched, view right there. We have not watched um, Beyond Episode 3 because I just refuse. It's so... Uh, the, the thing I is, just, like, we talk to a lot of our family and friends about it and they say... You're not giving it a it shot. It gets better and you're not giving it a fair chance and you're biased because you like the originals, you don't like anything new. That's not the issue. No. We went into it with a, a relatively open mind and it still let us down. Yeah. I think, you know, there's... The beauty of Star Trek is that some series, some people like, some don't. That's fine. It's Mm. acceptable. It's all fine. We shouldn't say that everybody needs to have seen everything to be a Trekkie. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, 
the first thing that irked me was that they ruined my favorite race, which is the Klingons. Mm. By the way, when you do that, that I know you can hear it. Okay, um, which is the Klingons. They've kind of changed them from. We were talking about this. They've yeah. kind of changed them from like a Viking philosophy to a what were we t- what were you we equating oh. it to? We did find the. Oh. Is it almost like Arabic? Like old school? Mm. Mm. No, no, no. We were saying something else. Egyptian? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more like Egyptian kind of. Anyway. It was basically went from a warrior race yeah. to a really deeply religious. Yeah. And, and I mean, and obviously, you know, to a certain extent, Klingons are incredibly yeah. religious. But it's like they were, they were always about honor. It was all about honor. So they would respect you if you fought with honor. They would... Um, their actions would be led by trying to be the most honorable possible. Whereas now it seems like their actions are led by, this Violence. is what our Bible said, almost like our Bible, something like that. So this is what we must follow. And I don't know, it just... I mean, I, I get why they did that. Because they. It, but... I, it's the thing that annoys me about when you bring out a prequel to quite an old TV mm. show is that as long as it roughly meets up with what happens in the future... In the older TV show, you can pretty much have free reign with it and you can do whatever you want. Obviously, the extended universe is out there in terms of law-friendly and law-approved books and games Mm. and magazines and comics. And, yeah, that's the thing that annoys me with new prequels for old shows is Mm. that they tend... Directors and writers have no other ideas. They think, right, what's popular at the minute? Geek stuff. Yeah. What hasn't been done for a little bit? Ooh, Star Trek TV show hasn't mm-hmm. been done. We've had new films, we haven't had a TV show for a while. So they do it. And, you know, I think it's just, I don't know, they changed it a bit too much for my yeah. liking. And it's more frustrating because I just read recently a list of like 20 Star Trek TV shows that got denied because J.J. Abrams is making films, mainly. Yeah. And most of those ideas were good and they were interesting, whereas this is trying to be a continuation without being a continuation. Like, it's trying to be different, but also trying to follow from the legacy, which it's failing to do. Yeah. I do not see any of the legacy yeah, it's of like, Star it's, Trek it's in it. Yeah, it's trying to do its own thing, isn't yeah, it? But it's, tr- but it's, it's trying, trying to, too hard. Yeah, and I personally don't like how they've changed the Klingons, but, you know, whatever. And the whole... I just don't like that whole thing. And a colleague of mine said it, right? He said, you know, if it's 90% subtitles, it just gets a bit boring. You know, like, it they does, just made them yeah. speak Klingon too much just to prove that they know how to speak Klingon. And I have to say, I don't like the main leading female, Michael. Ugh. Like, just, uh, why try so hard? Why not go for a, a, a male name that's actually used by females? Why go for one that's completely, like, we know why. Well, that's but, the whole point, yeah, but exactly. It's like, just it's just trying so hard to be progressive and to be, nah. And I just... I didn't enjoy it and I couldn't watch it. It just didn't... It didn't have that human aspect to Star Trek that Star Trek has. Yeah. It just had all the fighting, all the yeah. sort of that... Which seems that to be the only thing that can hold people's attention. Yeah, and... Lasers in space. And it's not about the humans. And, like, when people tell me, it's like, oh, you haven't really met the characters yet. Well, I should have. Yeah, exactly. Star Trek would yeah. always make you yeah. meet I know the characters th- before it even got into the plot. Yeah, Like, you exactly, always yeah. met the characters. Like, that's the point of Star Trek. And it's like, they just, they were just like, oh no, fighting, 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 Klingons, bad, meh. And it's like... And then you meet the characters. It's like, no, that's the no. wrong order to do things Yeah, in. and I don't want to, you know, 
I want to be invested in these characters mm-hmm. before they get into battle because that's then the I thing you want to care about them. Yeah. yeah, and once they get into battle, you want to be like, oh god, please yeah. don't die. Whereas but now if, I'm just if, like, if they got into a battle now, I'd be like, you could die, and it would do literally nothing no, to the plot. Exactly, they just have another ship come out. For me, it's just so boring. Mm. And they, you know, everyone keeps saying like, oh, you have to give it a few episodes to get into it. And that's when the character development comes up. But like you said, it it should have already happened. Yeah. Um, you know. I think three 40-minute episodes just, is plenty. Yeah, to it's give it just a so dull and so slow. And we'll finish the third episode and I'm still kind of just waiting for something yeah. to happen. Yeah. Like, it's just... Uh, I don't like it. So we've given up on it. Um, unfortunately, so we can't give you as much of a, an in-depth yeah. love story like we can with the Orville. We just we just don't like it. But that's not to say that yeah. people don't like it in general. If you like it, fair enough. That's Watch absolutely it. you know your right. We just don't. And if it was fine. a choice between the Orville and Discovery, Orville, Orville all the way. Time. So that's we actually predicted that. So surprisingly, yeah. it came true. But we promised that we gave it a fair shot on both sides. We didn't judge. We went into it with open eyes. We just we just don't have the desire to go back to the storyline of no, Discovery. It, it was trying too hard to be part of the overall law, but at the same time independent. Yeah. And you can't really balance something. Yeah. It was something that has a universe as big as the Star Trek universe. You can't have that. You either have to go like the films did and just go full on independent, which for me, I, I thought it was crap. Mm. Or you have to go full like on with the story they could have they could have still done it you know i mean they could have still had it in the same timeline Mm. if they'd had the story a bit different i get i know i I know how people and i know how they would have justified it is by saying that like oh we we don't strictly know what happens this is when the federation was just starting out so they didn't have this incredibly rigid moral compass they were fighting an enemy that they couldn't defeat in a straight-up brawl, so they had to figure out other ways to do it. And that's how they justify it, and that's flimsy to me. Yeah, I think if they wanted to go off-script, they should have gone to the future, so mm. after Voyager, mm. not try to go between yeah, I loved that. the history. Like They could have just gone off-piste, because we wouldn't have known what would have happened. Maybe after the Delta Quadrant encounters from Voyager, stuff it would have been like, okay, I guess the people that are out there are going to have to change our yeah. role of conduct. They could have done that, but they didn't. They decided to go they, with... They could have sent ships... They could have... You know, they have... By the time Voyager ends and and it gets home, they have developed ships that can go to the Delta Quadrant, things like that. They could have done that. They mm-hmm. could have continued with that and carried on with it. And, mm-hmm. and they could have brought the Borg back and they could have brought, like, the Vidians because mm-hmm. they were an absolutely terrifying enemy and, mm-hmm. and the Norsicans. Anyway. Yeah, so basically, eh, we just weren't that impressed. So, yeah. So... Yes, so I'll do... We've, we've rambled a bit, but yes, we'll, sorry about <laughs> we'll cut that. it. We'll cut it here. But if you have any questions at us, just fire them at us when you can. So, two segments. First, random uses fact. Random uses fact is... Don't worry me. So this is something to help you break the ice with the conversation or just be the smartest person in the room by knowing all these random facts. This one is quite funny. Dolphins sleep with one eye open. Who would have known? Again, who was the scientist? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how dolphins sleep. I wonder how, I wonder I how fish swim with dolphins. I wonder how fish sleep. He, he just wanted to swim with dolphins. Let's be honest. And I mean, I wonder why they do it. If it's somehow just to keep an eye out for predators or something. I guess. I guess. I guess. Anyway, 
second segment is good news segment because Woo! there's too much bad news out there. So good we're trying news. to highlight some of the good stuff that gets buried amid all good the news. crap. So this one, a uh, little bit of a, a sciencey one. Um, scientists at Michigan State University have detailed in a, p- a paper in the journal Nature Energy how transparent solar applications could, quote, nearly meet U.S. electrical demand. Um, so basically what it is, they, they have the idea of having solar cells. Um, and by cells, I mean biological cells. So absolutely, you know, microorganisms um, that are solar panels, but they're also completely transparent. So you could have them everywhere. You could have them on windows, on car windows, on roofs and things like that. Uh, and they've basically estimated that it, if they apply it practically and, and they cover a massive area with it, um, theoretically, it could meet the energy demands of the entire U.S., uh, and take the reliance entirely from fossil fuels. That's insane. Right? That would be amazing. Yeah. See through solar cells. And this time, like, you know, See through I, had solar to, cells. I had to dig through a lot of news to find that. And it's like, why isn't that yeah. got See a super high priority? Cells. I know why. But, Something yeah. that would not, like, impose on you at all. Mm-hmm. It would just be there mm-hmm. and it would absorb energy and give you energy. Like, right now, solar panels, a lot of people don't get them because they're quote unquote ugly. Or expensive. You shouldn't really care. You can get grants for them. Yeah, but, exactly. you know, a lot of people don't get them because they're ugly. Imagine if you could just have it, like Alex says, everywhere. On just your window, un-care. on your car. Like, that would be amazing. You know? Like, imagine then the future of electric cars where you're not using any fossil fuels to yeah, produce yeah, that electricity. For like, electric cars, amazing. you don't have to stop and refuel. You, you literally just go. I mean, amazing. that's, you know, that's Tesla's dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not going to happen because oil companies control the world, but yeah, you know, anyway. that's a whole other segment. <laughs> but yeah, so hope you enjoyed yeah. that. Um, yeah, so like us on Facebook and Twitter at last. Maggie finally got around to fixing the Twitter. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. So Twitter at socially cause Facebook just socially cause and mm-hmm. talk to us, give us ideas, engage in a dialogue with us. We'll mention you in the podcast and. You know, sharing is caring. Grow the community. That means we can grow this. We can talk about more things. We Mm -hmm. can talk about it with you people. And we can have Mm -hmm. you on the show. And we can do live streams. Oh, my God. It would be so cool. So sharing is caring. And thank you very much for joining today. Uh, I've been Alex. I've been Maggie. And this was Socially Course.